You are listening to Irish Illustrated Insider with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. I'm Tim Priester, and we are previewing Notre Dame versus Navy. Notre Dame six and two. I'm sorry, seven and two. Navy seven and one. Both ranked this week. Notre Dame checks in at number sixteen, and Navy at number twenty-three. And guys, this is um, we always know the problems that are involved with this matchup. They're a little bit more acute when you know that Navy has a quarterback that is really adept at the triple option. I think Malcolm Perry is about as good as there's been some great ones that have played against Notre Dame, but I think Malcolm Perry ranks right up at the top with them. I mean, they, Notre Dame has probably, they've beaten better quarterbacks than Malcolm Perry and, and lost to worse ones. Um, you mean with other teams? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm talking just Navy. Mm-hmm. Worst Navy quarterbacks have beaten Notre Dame, and they have beaten better ones than Malcolm Perry. Malcolm who, Perry who, who is a the good be, who one. Are the, uh, Keenan Reynolds. Keenan, Keenan Reynolds will be one. Um, you know, I thought Dobbs was really good. Um, lost to him twice. Yeah, there's uh, you know Will Worth. He beat Notre Dame. Was not good. Um, well, he was good. Yeah, but he was not like this. They, I, I can't even remember who who started in 2010. Dobbs. Dobbs. I thought Dobbs was hurt in 2010. Dobbs beat him twice. Maybe it was 2020. Trust me, there is an opus yeah. in front of me about okay. the Navy series. Um, <laughs> you know, it's Perry's good. Um, if you have a good quarterback, you're in danger of losing to Navy. Um, Navy has a good quarterback, so Notre Dame is in danger of losing to Navy this weekend. Yeah, there's a whole segment in a, in a feature I wrote uh, that went up today. Brian Kelly's nine seasons of Navy. It's literally one small segment. Does Navy have a dynamic quarterback? If the answer is yes... It's a Navy win or, more likely, very close game. If the answer is no, Notre Dame kills them. Now, in fairness, when they don't have a dynamic quarterback, it has coincided with times where they also did not have a very good team. But the only time, the only outlier in this whole thing was in 2017. I don't know how you feel about Zach Abbey. Remember Zach Abbey? He kind of moved from fullback to quarterback. Notre Dame needed Kevin Stefferson to score two touchdowns in the second half to come back and win that game, and they were a really good Notre Dame team. But I do think that's a lot of that was the circumstance of it followed Miami, and it was senior day and rainy, right. and no one cared anymore, and it was really a rough situation. But they have a good quarterback, it's, it's going to be a good game. That's what it comes down to, and Navy also, for probably only the third time in Kelly's tenure, has a good defense too. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's two, it's two really, this is one of Navy's better teams. Now, they've turned it around this year from 3-10, and 10, the way Notre Dame turned it around from Four and eight in, in 2016. I think Malcolm Perry, in terms of acceleration and elusiveness, is a great, great Navy quarterback. I, I having watched a ton of him this week, I, I can't believe how difficult he is to corral. They list him at five nine one ninety, which is a which is laughable because he's yeah, he looks small. Man. He's not he's not bigger than he's not bigger than five eight. You know, guessing weight can be a little bit difficult, but I. If he's 175, I'm, I'm surprised. So he's little. You can bounce him around, but he's tough. And I think he presents a lot of problems. And then the flip side is that defensively, Navy has a new defensive coordinator in Brian Newberry. He's taken a more modern-day uh, approach to, to defensive football in terms of attacking the line of scrimmage, whereas Navy, I think, was always kind of on its heels just trying to hold on defensively. They are not taking that approach. That's worked well for them against basically poor competition up to this point. I think Notre Dame has a good chance to win the game because I think you can use that aggressiveness against them. I mean, what they're doing defensively, they've they've improved 100 spots in some defensive categories, which is wild. Um, so it's you know they're aggressive. Are they? Is Notre Dame going to? Use that aggressiveness against them, yeah. But if that includes a pick six somewhere, then yeah. 
That's a win for Navy. You better, you, better, you know, we always talk about maximizing possessions. You better, you better be efficient, and you better do it efficiently. Ian Book better build upon what he did last week. The timing is is really good because your offense has to be as efficient as possible because we're looking at. Nine's kind of the working number with, yeah, with possessions. It's 9.4 is the average, but it's a little misleading. Um, when Notre Dame kills them, it's 11 or 12. When Notre Dame doesn't, these are the possessions of the closest games and losses. Nine, but it was really eight because Notre Dame lost a possession at the end of the half. That doesn't count. You know, we have 15 seconds. Yeah. Uh, seven, because of two of those situations. That was the 2013 game that the Jameer, uh, not Jameer, Jalen Smith saved. The reverse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, six, the one they lost famously, of course. That's the extreme. And then the game I talked about on Senior Day, where it was eight possessions, and one of those was ending the game with a kneel down, which is the way to have a possession if you want to <laughs> beat the victorious team. But those are those are the closest games where Notre Dame really could have lost or lost. Um, it's interesting what you guys said about comparing the quarterbacks, because I think the one thing that Dobbs and Reynolds did, in addition to being fast, is they were they ran through some arm tackles too. And at least Perry's hard to corral, but at least you can you can yeah. you can knock Perry back. Like yes. Dobbs was that guy that was getting blades of grass when you're hitting with the mm-hmm. defensive lineman, and that makes a big difference for a fullback, late, a fullback then, driven offense. And then a guy like Will Worth, who was a yeah was a power, all, all a power he guy, he also got the broken, weak, mentally and physically Notre Dame team to run yeah. over. No, no doubt, no doubt. Um, you know, I keep I keep coming back to Navy's defense just because this week is so much of a focus on the other side of the ball. Um, and I, you know, I, I think I joked about it at the end of the podcast the other day that Tim and I are in the press box before the Duke game, and I'm looking at Navy film. I'm like, man, these safeties are these safeties are bad. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're vulnerable, and they are. I don't think that that has changed now that I've watched watched them all week. But they're good. I mean, they are good. They will take chances, which is all part of the Newberry um, philosophy defensively. They will take chances, and I saw them. Get beat. For example, Brennan, the kid opposite Fockman. I think Fockman is probably the the better of the two. He's the bigger of the two. He gave up, a, or he was involved in a 98 yard touchdown by I think it was against Tulsa. It was nullified because the guy had stepped out stepped out of bounds on his own. Mm. You know, during the route, which had nothing to do with whether Brennan was going to break up the play or not. Uh, so, I mean, that's an example where they can you can beat them with a big play. Which is why Ian Book being sharp and building upon next week is very important to Notre Dame this weekend. Yeah, I, I certainly would love to see Chase Claypool have 150 yards receiving this game, but more than that, I would like to see Tony Jones and Jafar Armstrong combined for 175. Yeah, I That's, don't think they will. I don't. I'm not. We do have a question on that in segment two, and I'm doubting that as well. I, I, now, I think, Chase Claypool could have a heck of a day. Because if if you're gonna if they're gonna try to take Claypool away, then Cole Komet should have a field day. Because you can't. They both. They both. They both should. Well, they can take one away. You know, you can kind of take one guy away there with a little over. Because look, they're not hitting Claypool on on, on millions of slants and digs. It is a lot of jumping up and Mm -hmm. beating coverage. So Ian Book's not going to throw the ball into double coverage if they want to. Here's what I I don't want to see: 2009 when Floyd (laughs) Floyd and Tate combined for 19 catches for 273 yards and two touchdowns. However. Theo Riddick and Robert Hughes combined for 12 carries for 55 yards. You know what they have the next year? 90 yards. A new coach. Yeah, yeah, a, new a new coach, coach happened coach. the next year. Yeah, no, they are. Uh, it's you, The formula is out there, man, and Navy's got all the pieces for the formulas. Well, they have to run more than, than that 55 yards, Pete. I, I, I would think 
Again, I'm thinking that <laughs> they don't Armstrong, lose double digits. <laughs> no, Armstrong. No, that's not going to be that yeah. kind of game. Armstrong and Jones, just because of the nature of how they're used and the way Armstrong, remember, had the big pass play last year. I think you know some of their yardage or most of their yardage may come um, in in the passing game. But um, the unit I trust least is Notre Dame's inefficient offense in this game. That's it's a it would be a really bad time to have an inefficient offense. Yeah, just twenty nine. It's just it's the it's the Monday the, the Monday no, like question of like why don't they pass them to death? I don't. Well, Clawson was thirty seven of fifty one for four fifty two, but and la- they lost. But last year, book was twenty seven of thirty three for three hundred and thirty or something yeah. around there. I could see him needing to be better than that. Like, and it's snowing or there's snow on the ground at South Bend, so I don't know if he. It's possible. To, like these are not San Diego conditions. There's a lot of bad. There's a lot of bad elements to this game for Notre Dame. But number one, I, I going the other way. Clark Lee, I do trust for his second year against the option. Um, Navy has an extra week, and that might be the only time Notre Dame's five and zero against their bye week opponents. But this might be the wrong team to give the bye to to prepare because again, Niamatolo will compile yeah, something the, from 2009, the, and then you're not going to yeah. know what the That's the last on. thing that Navy needs is an extra. Yeah, week they have four Notre buys this year. The Navy has four buys this year. Yeah, but the, the Army thing always stretches yeah. it out a little bit further. The, um, they're great in the red zone. They're what, I think it's 29 trips, 26 touchdowns for Navy. They stop teams from scoring touchdowns in the red zone. It's 50%, 11 for 22. They're great on third and fourth down. They're 15 of 18 on fourth down. And there's two things I want to say about that. That's about half as many as some of the top teams are going for, which means they don't need fourth down all year like they normally do. No, that's a good point. But they're also 50% on third down. Yeah. You know, no, no, let's number one nationally in red zone touchdown percentage. Yeah, and and as I said, they cut they cut it in half for you. I mean, yeah. if you're not scoring touchdowns, yeah. that's the worst case. Pete mentioned a pick six, driving down and kicking a field goal. Like field goal better go in, right? You just wasted six minutes. <laughs> there's there's elements to right. this game, and we should remind everybody that Navy schedule has been pretty bad up to this point. I mean, Memphis is good, and they were winning twenty to seven. They gave up a long kick return, a long run. And ended up being outscored twenty-eight to three down the stretch, and lost that game to Memphis at Memphis, thirty-five to twenty-three. Tulane has a very good offense. I, I've seen that, and um, Navy's freshman kicker kicked a forty-eight yarder as time expired mm-hmm. to win that game, forty-one to thirty-eight. Navy was also winning that game by a whole bunch. But other than that, Holy Cross, East Carolina, which does some good things offensively, but East Carolina's. Under 500. They defeated Air Force by seven. Tulsa's terrible. They killed them. South Florida's terrible. They killed them. Uh, you know, and then and Yukon's terrible, and they, they killed them as well. So there was a question on our board I found interesting about taking the – this is the only time it matters, if you want to accept the ball or not. Like, Navy is the time. You have to figure out how we're going to do this. Four times in this series, the game has swung or really gotten out of hand because a team got the ball – to end the first half and begin the second. And the one is that I think we always forget about that was close. 2014, Notre Dame was killing Navy. It was 28-10. to 10. End of the half, Navy scores. They get the ball back because they deferred. Scored again. It's 28-24 and scored again. <coughs> and we're ahead of Notre Dame in the fourth quarter in that game. Notre Dame won by 10, 49-39. Yeah, I mean, that would, if Drew White breaks his ankle... Or like although Gilman been, yeah. breaks his ankle in that game, then I'm not sure how much the the half dynamics will matter. But that's you know point well taken that you can con- you can have a different type of control over the game if you play the halves 
correctly than you would in normal circumstances, for sure. I don't. Just to get back to your weather reference, I don't think that's going to be a factor. It's going to be in a, just cold, like thirties. Very little wind. Mm-hmm. No, very ten uh, percent chance of rain. Um, so I don't know that that's necessarily a factor. You don't think Navy's going to cave into the weather conditions? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't think. Uh, no, I don't think they'll happen. So I, I mean, I think it'll be fine. It was kind of like, man, when we were on the field before the Duke game, the weather was it was just perfect. There was no wind. It was cold. I mean, it was crisp. It was just perfect football weather. And I kind of suspect that that's kind of what you know we're going to be facing here. Only we weren't. In, we won't be in. Uh, Central North Carolina. The point spread's interesting. Notre Dame has been favored by a touchdown twice. This is the third time they lost those other two. And it mm-hmm. opened it. It opened at eleven or yeah, ten or ten and a half, right around there. The other ones. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't see this game as anything other than close. I, I've I've seen some some predictions where Notre Dame's beating them by three touchdowns. I, I just don't think that's happening this game. The real reason that's hard is you can't. Stay ahead by you could be ahead by four touchdowns. You take out your subs and they score in ten seconds because they, mm-hmm. your backups can't defend. That's what happened last year? Exactly, you can't defend Navy with your backups. So the yeah. three touchdown thing is a really bad idea because you got to be up by like six. Last, last thing in this segment, Tim, we're, uh, you have a story this morning about the the nine games that Brian Kelly's played. We've I know you've hit on a couple of them here. Anything else from that you want? I mean, to... I think it's the possessions. Once if you're in an eight nine possession game with Navy, it's gonna it's they're gonna score. Three touchdowns, and you so you better have five to be comfortable. That it really just comes down to making the most of those possessions. But separate from that story, it is a difficult game, I think, for Chip Long to call because you look at things and it should all work. You should be able to run the ball if you decide we are going to run the ball in Navy. You should be able to focus on Claypool and Komet if you think we are going to use our athletes to beat Navy. But it doesn't usually work out like that when Navy has a decent defense. It's, I think it's going to take some discipline to stick with his game plan, whatever that game plan is. I think if you have an accurate quarterback, it works out. Um, they didn't two years ago. And, I mean, that was probably the worst yeah. half of football we ever saw Brandon Wimbush play. Yeah, um, he's, he scored at the end of the half, by the way, to tie yeah. that game for their first touchdown. Right. Um, that, was, that was bad. I, don't, I wouldn't expect a similar performance from Ian Book. I think if yeah. you can sort of... Run a, a game plan and stick with it. If your quarterback can hit Komet for five, Fink for seven, Claypool for twelve, you know Jafar Armstrong for eight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pretty much every time Jafar Armstrong catches a football, it's a it's at a head of the chains game uh, game, and where it's you know it's you know it's, a, it's sort of a, an extension of the running game mm-hmm. that actually applies. Um, so that's that's probably how they're gonna have to do it. Is there a fine for saying that on our podcast? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think there are some instances. We need a fine. There are some yeah. instances where the pat where the passing game is an extension. Well, last of the year game. Ian Buck was yeah. a walking yeah. extension. Now I think game. now yeah. I think th- this is a game where you know there's always a debate about. There's probably way too much debate about whether you take the opening kickoff or it. it I'm it, a, I am a, I would be honest with you guys. I'm at a complete loss. Why that's. But even a, a conversation. Yeah, that's why. I mean, it's I the think flipping. It's the getting the two possession thing. Is what comes. It just comes down to I, a lot more than. Yeah, I'm just at a. I don't understand why that's a thing. It's not like if you take the ball, then you don't get it for the next two halves. Right, no, it, right. It, it evens out. I would think. I would like to see a stat on how that breaks down I I, right at here. the end of <laughs> check I no, I mean, no oh no <laughs> oh overall college oh no i yeah. just said navy in a possession game yeah. it matters more than if you're going to get 14 possessions so you think so I, i'm sorry yeah. i didn't see the end of the uh, so well okay just on the surface i would say 
it would be better that Notre Dame takes this opening kickoff and gets ahead. Yeah, it is better to get the ball. And they usually go down and score on Navy. Now, I Provide, mean, provided that they can, of course, do that. But no, you don't, if you just you know. shortest memory in the world, they took the ball last year and had one possession. Miles Boykin fumbled on the first play of the game. Yeah, it was kind of an ominous start. Yeah, yeah. Drew Tranquil's <laughs> ankle explodes. Right. Like, but, uh, yeah, you, you, I mean, you want to get ahead. The, key, the, the problem is... You just have to avoid that Navy scoring last at the end of the half because you don't get that is giving away a possession. You know, it's I mean the Patriots have made a living on that scoring a field goal at the end of the half and scoring a touchdown to open the second half. But if you really, for instance, the Navy took the ball, and I think Notre Dame was really happy about it because they had the good defense in 2015 and they went right down and scored. But the key to that, as Pete said, is that, look, Notre Dame went down and scored, and Notre Dame pulled a Navy. They got the Justin Yoon field goal, the longest in stadium history. Mm-hmm. And got the ball in the second half and scored, and it went from twenty-one twenty-one to thirty-one twenty-one Notre Dame, and they never looked back. It's that possession doesn't matter unless the double, unless the flipping halftime possession, you score twice. Then it's then it's a killer for the other team, which is the case in most games, obviously. All right, we'll be back. Segment two: burning up the boards. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We are in segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider. It is called Burning Up the Boards, and we start with a question from underscore BD4 underscore. How beneficial is a win over an impressive Navy team for getting a New Year's Six Bowl? In other words, how much does it project Notre Dame into that conversation to get the bid? It does not, um, because what's going to get Notre Dame in or keep Notre Dame out of a New Year's Six Bowl has everything to do with the other teams that are playing. Um so that if you're trying to follow, okay, is Notre Dame going to make it to a New Year's Six Bowl? Florida losing at Missouri would be a big, big deal. Um, Penn State losing to at home to Indiana would be very helpful. Basically, you just need the teams in front of you to lose. Auburn losing again would be helpful. Auburn or Auburn plays or- at Georgia, but like getting Auburn out of the way would be helpful. Um, you know, beyond that. You know, the Oklahoma-Baylor, somebody's going to lose. Um, Minnesota, they play at Iowa. If Minnesota loses at Iowa, that would be helpful. So it's, I mean, obviously Notre Dame needs to win. um, But beating Navy, just because Navy is better than they were last year, is not going to have any any benefit from that. You're saying any team you put in here that they beat. Correct. What do you think about Iowa beating Minnesota this weekend? Favored. I would pick Iowa by a lot. Iowa's favored. Yeah. Uh, not Jay Tafel, given the limited offensive possessions against Navy, how many three and outs can Notre Dame afford to have this weekend? That's a really good question. They're, they don't have many against uh, Navy, but when they do, tend to lose the games and have close ones. It's the Brandon Wimbush game. I don't see the Notre Dame uh, 2017 I'm talking about. I don't see Notre Dame having many three and outs against Navy. I think the way the offense is set up, they're going to have one. They just haven't been that efficient. Um if yeah, they, I don't. I mean, I don't know that the three and outs matter as much as how many times you don't how, score. Right. Yeah. I guess if you're punting and you wasted five minutes to punt, it's just well, that's true. As bad. But uh, what do you think? Two? They can afford two. Three they can outs? afford uh, two. It's the uh, sign of your offense is inefficient if you have a lot of three and outs against Navy. So that's why I'm putting the number so low. <laughs> well, 
You really, how, you how many do, they, do you have a grand total for the year of three and outs? Well, when they're really bad, they're giving they're having eight and nine. I mean, you can't <laughs> you can't approach five. Wow. You can't even approach five, they'll, right? They'll, it's, they'll get shut out in this game yeah. if that happens. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah the, the quick possession against Navy. I, I think it's a tough game to call for Chip Long, man. I just feel differently about it than you guys. I guess it's. I mean, I hate to keep bringing up the 2009 game, but... Yeah, you Notre, love that game. It's the only no, one I didn't write about, Pete. Notre Dame punted zero <laughs> times in the game. That's the only one no I didn't punts. write about, though. They don't, nor, they don't often punt. So I'm okay with a couple punts. What I'm not okay with, which what happened in this game, is three turnovers and a yes. minus three turnover margin. A drive down and turnover yeah. is always bad. If you, if you say Notre Dame is minus three in this game, like, I don't need to see what happens. No, you don't. I don't expect a, a Notre Dame team of 2009 Capabilities to be participating. <laughs> Did you, in do that? I no, not know it? Not, 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 not a Riddick, Floyd, Tate, Rudolph. I'm not. I, I'm not I said team. I okay, questioned right. the individuals. <laughs> I think Pete wrote a Weiss's five years of Navy. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kind of tying in with this from Tool 1934. How many touchdown passes does Nordheim have to score to win? Um, How many touchdowns? Just touchdowns. Thank you. Thank you. If they only get eight possessions. If they only get six to eight possessions the entire game. Five? Yes. 35 touchdowns. Whether you have six possessions or eight possessions, five touchdowns. I, to, me, that's, to me, that's the magic number. If you score five, you definitely win. If you score win four, then you're in a you game. probably win. Yeah, but you're you're worried. But you're worried, time. and yeah. then anything less than that, you're, you you're three, in trouble. Like in <laughs> or if you score three like in 2009. <laughs> Can you pull up 2008, please? Yeah. Because that was bad, too. All right, we'll try to keep that 2009 theme going. <laughs> w. Oosterhoff, load the box to eliminate the run or play too deep because of Navy's much better passing game this season. I'm just going to go ahead and jump in right now. Don't worry about the too deep, but yeah. Navy's better passing game. Also, over under 6.6 possessions Saturday. Uh, yeah, so... Load up the box. Give me, give me your your whatever your four four set is. I'm curious to see how that plays out because I, considering what Clark Lee has already done this season with a a five man line against um, Virginia Tech okay. with six DB. I mean, they played a zero linebacker formation, which I don't think I've ever seen before. Um, there's no way they're going to come out and be like four three. Let's just play base. Like they will have something unique for this. I hope it's a four four. Uh, even if the personnel is the fourth linebacker is actually a Lohi Gilman. We had a few screenshots on yesterday's story about Notre Dame's options against the option. Um, last year it was three line, three down linemen, but it was five linemen. There were two stand-up. The ends were standing up, Kareem and Aquara, with the two inside linebackers behind him, the two safeties behind them, and they had their corners playing back. Navy's obviously going to bring different stuff. And I would think Clark Lee will bring a few different looks. The one thing I noticed the Navy killed when we watched the tape is, and Notre Dame did it once. It, I think it was the game where they were hurt with all the guys 2013, but they played off the ball. You just can't do that again. Like like, like a yard off the oh, ball. Oh, yeah, that makes you, sense. You cannot do that if you're Notre Dame. You have to be roughly yeah. right up on the... I actually read 6.6 possessions as if... Uh, it's 6.5. I made a typo when I typed it in. Uh, over, over. over. I mean, over. I, you know, if it's, if it's under six and a half possessions, you have no chance. I... <laughs> Navy I mean, doesn't get it ten times. You can stop you know, them. Well, I guess. You, you <laughs> I know, know what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't overrate the the improvement of the passing game. They're still they're still throwing like seven times a game. I agree. I, but I think here's what I think they concluded. Hey, if we can hit, if we can average twenty five yards per catch three times a game, we can probably do it five or six times a game and still maintain 
the element of surprise. So they're throwing it a, a little bit more. Plus, they have a six foot five wide receiver that is basically ignored most of the game. So he's a weapon. But I think you absolutely. I mean, it's it's all about stopping the triple option. And I think that you have the great equalizer on the back end, Kyle Hamilton. I mean, I, I, th- I think he will be absolutely invaluable in this game as the guy that can prevent that the, the deep ball to Michael. Um, is it Michael Cooper? Michael Cooper, like yeah. the Laker. Yeah, okay, that's why I hesitate. Yeah, yeah. Is it really Michael Cooper? <laughs> it is. It's my, it is uh, a different Michael Cooper. Denver Maximus, after getting gashed by Michigan for 300-plus yards, how do you see Notre Dame's run defense holding up against Navy? What and who needs to step up in order to prevent Navy from keeping the ball for long, sustained drives? At the risk of sounding like Brian Kelly, I mean, I don't, it's, I, to me it's difficult to, to pick out an individual. I know we had the Greer Martini, who was a savant against, against uh, triple option football, and Drew White came in and did a good job. And obviously the linebackers have to play well. But I think, you know, you've got, you've got to win at the point of attack. I do like, I like Navy's interior defensive linemen. I, offensive linemen? Offensive yeah. linemen. I, I mean, I love the way they come off the football. Uh, they're apparently a little bit... They've trimmed down a little bit, I think, in order to kind of maybe <laughs> try to keep pace with, try to stay ahead of, of uh, Malcolm Perry, which is which is impossible to do. But I, you know, I mean, it it, it starts up front. And Tim, uh, you had the stats on Julian O'Quara last year against Navy. Yeah, you know, O'Quara did sit out the two years ago, like Pete said. But last mm-hmm. year, O'Quara had a really good game. He had three quarterback pressures. Now they were ahead by a lot, so he could rush the passer. We had five tackles, one for loss, a sack, three QB pressures. However, Jameer Jones also played a uh, strong game in relief last year. Mm-hmm. Jameer Jones played, uh, so I think it was 25 he, snaps last year. Having him, I think having him on the field is, a, is hugely significant for Notre Dame. The one thing about Michigan, since Michigan, Notre Dame's tackled better. Pro Football Focus has them for under seven missed tackles a game. Before Michigan, they had them for over 11 per game. Hmm. That's Now it's two games versus six, right. of course. But uh, I mean, that's well, hopefully that's a change because of the... That is because of something they've done rather than just a random. I don't think, you know, once you have Perry corralled, he's not going to break a, whole, break a whole lot of tackles. But, man, it's just, you know, they've, they've run they've run out some shotgun because it just creates more space for him. And he's most dangerous as a runner when he drops back to pass and decides to run. Who needs to step up? Coney had 14 tackles last year at middle linebacker, but they also didn't run their fullbacks. So yeah, I mean, I the, line, the, the, lineback, the linebackers <laughs> yeah. have to tackle well. Drew White has to step, you know, Bilal has to be good. I, you know, I, I don't... He has one career tackle against Navy. B- Bilal? Yeah, <laughs> two games played and like 60 snaps, but I, he has a different position. I'm now, not, so. I'm not a, a proponent of what I'm about to say. I'm not saying this is what Norday needs to do, but the bottom line is... You you need to knock the crap out of Perry. I mean, you need you need to you need to damage him. You need to make him less effective. You could have not used damage, and I've been a proponent of everything you were saying. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a physical <laughs> yeah, game. There's 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 damage being done on the field. You need to. He's. I know he had a shoulder problem earlier in the year. I'm just saying you need to you need to knock him around a little bit yeah, and take yes. some of his friskiness away from him. Yeah, he needs to have. Snow and pellets yeah. <laughs> on his jersey by the end of the game. You really I, want it to snow, man. Like, I, yeah. There's going to be some way. It's going to be gross. I clarified before I said it that yeah. I didn't want it to sound like I'm saying they should injure him, but yeah. you need you need to play really physical football with Malcolm Perry. ND1, Cubs won. Will the Irish have more rushing or passing yards? Passing. Definitely passing. Totally maybe maybe three to one or two and a half to one. 
So I, I'm, I'm not advocating <laughs> for that as like the best way to do it, but no, I think I think I, for the, the way this team is put together, it's unfortunately the best way to do it. And unfortunately, it's the right word because Notre Dame, when they beat Navy, usually runs for over 200 yards. Yeah, that's a good point. Not last year though, no. but well, what did they what did they end up running for last year? I don't actually. Yeah, they might have gone over 200 because yeah. Dexter had a couple on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Indy Irish fan 88. Can this be a throw it up to Claypool game? Does Navy have anyone that can cover him? Every game is a throw it up to Claypool That's game. That's true. So I don't know why this would be any different. Uh, I like their secondary, though. I really do. I mean, I think their safeties, Fockman and and Brennan, are very, very active. I, li- I like their corners. Michael McMorris is very small. They have so many. They have so many five eight, five nine guys playing. Their skill position guys, other than Cooper at wide receiver, are all in the five nine, five eight area, and so is Michael McMorris. Their one corner, and I think Cameron Kinley, their other corner, is pretty good. I, that's a pretty good – you don't normally see a top-to-bottom uh, secondary as good as Navy's is this year. We're going to save Irish Gambler's question for the okay. last question to lead into our predictions because I okay. like his question. Way to go, K-Man. In past years, Notre Dame has done some non-traditional things on defense to slow down Navy, such as Tuit at nose and Robert Blanton at linebacker, who's outside linebacker. What are some options this year? I think that's where the Gilman at linebacker Yeah, yeah I agree. Play. I agree. And then, you know, having, having Hamilton on the back end, or maybe Hamilton creeps up in the box on occasion. I don't have any idea what their approach is going to be. I'm sure it'll be something different because, I mean, uh, Clark Lee has has been very versatile this this fall. You know, who I'd like to see play or start that I probably won't just because they've not been going this way is Crawford at corner over Bond. Crawford has been uh, when he's been healthy, he has played a lot of snaps against Navy, like all of them. Yeah, Vaughn actually started and played most of the game in the loss. Not that it was his fault. 2016 as a true no. freshman. But, uh, yeah, it, Crawford's had one healthy gayer. Uh, and I just like, in a game where you're trusting your eyes and instincts on the perimeter, I'd like to see Sean Crawford be one of the guys out there. Because Julian Love was a guy that was dominant against Navy, and he's kind of that type of football and player. And maybe that was why Crawford was playing traditional safety last week, just to sort of get mm-hmm. used to it again. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of that. I, yeah. I, I agree with you. And I, and I do think, you know, I kind of feel like, I haven't given Dante Vaughn enough credit for the last couple of weeks. I, I he's gotten better. I know he got beat. I know he got beat last week, and that was the only score. It, it more so against Virginia Tech, and I think we talked about this. That I was, you know, I he he did some good things. He's showing some improvement. It's it's getting a little, little late in his college career to do that, but he's done some good things. But Tim, I agree with you. I beat Coleman on the field. He's his Crawford. I mean Crawford, Crawford yeah. my goodness. Don't put Coleman on the field. It went south last Nick year. Coleman, that. Yeah, not, not yeah, Nick yeah, Coleman. Bad. Crawford on the field. Uh, I think that's my second misspeak. Maybe we can make it a, a Crawford triple here. Statistically, uh twenty seventeen season against Miami the week before, he played seventeen snaps. Against Stanford the week after, he played eight. Against Navy, he played eighty four. Yeah. He's he's the guy you need. Now you want a you want a heady player like that, that that's going to be able to diagnose things on the run. Uh, CPA ND If Tony Jones elects to come back next year Do you see the staff moving Armstrong back to wide receiver Considering Jones is the lead back Jameer Smith is a bruiser Sebo Flemister has shown flashes And Williams, Kyron Williams is an all-purpose back With Chris Tyree coming in in elite speed There is also limited receiver (laughs) experience uh, I think you could make an argument for a slot receiver role for Jafar Armstrong Would it be the much different than just playing two running backs? That may be a distinction without a difference 
they don't move him back to receiver because he's he doesn't have any experience as a receiver. He ran around as a freshman with with the prep team, so I, I, he'd have to start all over again. Despite the mm-hmm. fact that he grew up a receiver, he's, he doesn't have college receiver experience. So. I think he'd play a lot of slot because he already slot. does. Yeah, no, that yeah, makes sense. no. Yeah. I well, if you want to, if you yeah, want to, yeah, right? If you want to increase so. his role in the slot, fine. But I but I think he still remains a, a running back. He you know he's still. I mean, when healthy, and he he obviously he's not in the flow. I think they still consider him to be potentially the best running back on this team. It's not working out that way, though. Southern Irish one, I'd like to know why or if you think Ian Book is a better quarterback than Phil Jakovic and compare 2020 seasons with both quarterbacks? I'm confused by the question. Why we think he's a better quarterback is every time I've seen practice, he's been a better quarterback. Everybody I talk to at Notre Dame says Ian Book's a better quarterback, that they're coaches of football. And Ian Book has, in his life, been a top 10 level passing quarterback at the college level. I don't have any vision of Phil Dracovic being better than Ian Book, other than he's tall, strong, fast, and was highly rated. What if Phil Dracovic was rated the exact same as Ian Book coming out of high school? Would people be clamoring for Ian Purple? They probably would be clamoring for Phil Dracovic yeah, still. But th- that's the one thing, right? That he's higher rated and, and has, and we've seen Book's ceiling, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it uh, exacerbates the problem. His uh, recruiting ranking. Book is more accurate. Book recognizes defense is better. Um, and I, I think the, the second part of the question is like compare seasons. If Book is the quarterback in 2020, what will happen? If Dracovic okay. is the quarterback yeah. in 2020, what will happen? You want to? I think Notre Dame would win more games if Ian Book was a quarterback and lose more games if Phil Jacoby was a quarterback, barring like a really massive offseason transformation, which has happened before. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm not, I don't want to rule it out, but um, I would like to think that Book would take this season, the good and the bad, and figure out, okay, this is actually where I need to go with it. I don't, you know, the whole idea that we've seen Book ceiling, I disagree with that because there are so many fundamental things that we know he's capable of doing that he hasn't done consistently. Now, I feel like we know what his ceiling is. That doesn't mean he's playing to his ceiling right, right. now. Okay, yeah. I, okay, yeah. I, agree, I agree with phrasing yeah. it that way. Um, you know, so when people say Phil Dracovic has a higher ceiling, I, I understand what they're saying because his floor the, big is... arm and, the big arm and the, the length and... He can be a hell of a runner at quarterback. I, I I get that, but you know I think maybe sometimes the whole ceiling thing is, is a little floor. bit over. I mean, what? It's just like people saying that Brendan Clark was going to beat up Phil Dracovic. We didn't know Brendan Clark's warts yet. If you see them out right. there playing, Phil Dracovic has been playing in mop up duty, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve a chance to to get more reps. Of course, I I feel like they've underprepared Phil Dracovic for if Ian Buck hurts his ankle this week. Like, if you want to say Phil Dracovic is underprepared by the coaching staff and they're remiss in what I, they've done, I, I agree with you. I agree. I agree. But I don't know. I don't think he's better than Ian Book right now. Uh, you know, I agree. Have they underprepared him? You know, I, it's it's easy to say when you're trying to get your starting quarterback up to the speed that you think he's capable of playing that you're under underutilizing or underpreparing the other quarterback. What's the score if Ian Book hurts his ankle in the first series is out for the game? How many points does Notre Dame score? I I mean I'm not 20s, even yeah right? I mean I'm not even so sure how to, you could you couldn't get to 35 you right. could not get to five touchdowns that way. I think Ian Book is immensely more prepared for an for an attacking defense, 
which they've had to face on several occasions this year. I feel like people ignored Brian Kelly when he said if Phil Dracovic would help us win by putting him in, I'd put him in. I, I feel like he was honest about that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I, it, yeah. What about like in terms of of, of protections? Book, I mean, Book is would, would be way ahead of Dracovic right now. The issue is there's a faction of people that just want Phil Dracovic to play, and there's a faction of media that want Phil Dracovic to play, and we're just reporting what we know from Notre Dame's coaches and what we've seen from everywhere we've ever gone, other than a high school film. I don't, I don't care who the quarterback is at Notre Dame. No, it actually be pretty fun to watch Dracovic try to win and see if he could run and beat Navy. That'd be a really exciting day. Wouldn't that be an interesting? Wow. I mean, that's a story, I love, right? I love high speed chases with no seatbelts. <laughs> Isn't that a story, though? Oh yeah, it would be. <laughs> but you, but uh, you, you, you know what I'm getting at? We don't. We don't. Our opinion is not based upon like who we like better or who we want. It, it's who we think is going to give them the best chance to win. And at this point, it's clearly in book. Will that change? For Phil Dracovic, I sure hope it does. Yeah, I watching sure all of spring, we could change our mind. We could say, wow, right. Phil Dracovic right. is going to throw like this and read the way Chip Long and Tommy Reese tell us he is. Maybe he's the guy to go to because he's such a good athlete. Provided that we get that access again, which yeah, well, you know, I certainly hope so because it was great. Uh, Denver Maximus, do you think Brian Kelly overthinks things to the detriment of the team? For example, playing Tariq B- Bracey only three plays against Virginia Tech and often overthinking the, quote, hats-in-the-box thing. Sometimes, yes. Yeah, Yeah, there's no way. Sometimes he overthinks things where it's like, ah, they'll never see this coming kind of stuff. Um, There's a – not all the time, certainly, because he wouldn't win nearly as many games as he has if this was an affliction, but sometimes he gets smartest man in the room syndrome. I think Tariq Bracey was a Todd Light, Clark Lee, Terry Joseph call, not a Brian Kelly call. Yeah, I mean, the, the Tariq yeah. Bracey, Virginia Tech, like, that makes sense to me. And it made sense to the guys that run the defense. The North Carolina State game plan for 2016 was absurd. No, and the hats in the box. And that well, was that Brian was, Kelly, Okay, too. now that you brought, because I was just about to say, you know, we don't know all the things that Brian Kelly has to consider in making game plans, so I hesitate to say that. But then you brought up NC State. Right. <laughs> well, he changed the game plan to ruin the game. That's yeah. the problem. Uh, and again, that that's when that's when that was pre Chip Long. That's not going to happen with Chip Long here. As much as as much as people have difficulty, if Brian with Kelly Chip wants Long, it to happen. It will happen. Chip Long may have some four letter words for it as it's happening. <laughs> yeah, but, but it but Chip he, Long has a boss. But I, I understand that. But Brian Kelly doesn't come in and completely change Chip Long's game plan. You'd like to think that he wouldn't. This is a good question by Denver Maximus, though, to point out that. Brian Kelly is not going to Clark Lee and Terry Joseph and Todd Light and saying, I want Dante Vaughn this game instead of Tariq Bracey. It's the other way around. Those guys are saying, we want Vaughn in our game plan. This is what's going to yeah, happen, right. and he okays it. Right. D-Train on time. Where does Ian Book play football next year? Same place as playing it right now. Yeah. I can't. I, I can't. I, so if the question is Notre Dame or elsewhere, I guess you could have a debate, but <laughs> you're going to name something else, right? Notre Dame is by far the most likely. At this point, I'd be surprised if he's not playing in Notre Dame. I, we all would be. What has to happen? A really bad or really good? Well, I would really good change it. He's not going pro, so at this point. It's hard. Like It would have to be bad. Something, have something be bad, bad yeah. would have to over. Right, 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 right. Uh, uh, like, could be injury. Could be just a, a meltdown with a, you know, a coach. Right. Well, losses do those things too. So, right. Yeah. That, our loss. losses. Yeah. Brian Kelly leaves and Kenny Matalolo was hired. I mean, 
Some some really bizarre stuff. Loss, losses do create meltdowns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of meltdowns. Yeah. You're rolling right, over we're going to uh, we're going to finish uh, with a question from our, our buddy Dan Ernst, who uh, got a little TV time last week, uh, much to his chagrin because of Tim Hasselbeck's <laughs> comment on his uh, his colorful garb, which uh, which I thought was pretty cool, which is totally Dan Ernst. I saw it the night is. before too, so there was not a. Uh... Yeah, it wasn't a surprise. What and this is totally this is totally off topic, but I did want to make sure we address this, so we're going to conclude with this one. What are your thoughts on the home sellout streak coming to an end? Uh, I knew it was coming. I started reporting on this story in August um, by doing interviews because they have. I mean, just look at it from a numbers perspective. You have seven home games, and three of them are in November. That is seventy-eight thousand more tickets you have to sell with the seventh home game. And you're saying, all right, we have to sell 16% more inventory, and we're going to sell it at the worst time of the year, and we're going to sell it against a team nobody wants to watch. And then after the Michigan after, game. After losing your second game and taking I it out of the say, national title. Here's what I would say. If Notre Dame was undefeated, the sellout streak would still be ending. What if they See, what I if think they they'd buy them up like they had in the past if, it's, if they're undefeated. Well, I'm saying if they were nine and zero, the sellout streak would be ending. So if they're eight and one, it would also be ending. <laughs> He's saying that. Oh, I'm saying the sellout streak, regardless of what Notre Dame, Notre Dame could have won every game fifty to zero this season, and the sellout streak would still. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. The pain of November and the extra game in November was just too much, and they weren't playing Clemson. Now, um, yes. and, and just to be fair, I mean, this is a this is a bit of a trend that's going on across the country. Yeah, and oh, yeah. I mean, Notre Dame already knows it's. Also, not going to sell out the Boston College game. That is why I believe the sell streak is ending this particular week because they're not going to sell out that one, and they don't want to buy. Ask someone to buy two thousand tickets to distribute to employees when they would have to do it again next week. Yeah, I think that's. You might that, have a chance. So if it was a one-time thing, it, like it has been in the past. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they've always been sailing through yeah. November. In recent but I mean, years. you look. You look at the, the seating map. There are a ton of tickets available. We used to do that in 2016. Remember, is the yeah. street going to end? You see these giant things available. All of a sudden, they're magically purchased. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I, it's it's fine. I mean, it's a it's a national trend. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, was that? I think last week's was announced as a sellout, but it was not full. Um, yeah. No, so, it never. I mean, it never. I would say at max, it was. 75, 80% yeah. at, at, at the beginning. And then I looked up all of a sudden, it's like, holy, there's half the people are yeah. gone. Yeah. So I mean, it's like, there's, would you rather be outside freezing your butt off in Notre Dame Stadium this weekend or home warm watching it on your 65 inch TV? And I get to hand you $120 back to stay at home. Exactly. That's another thing. The, the ticket prices do come. Right. I mean, this I mean was, come on. This is a cheap <laughs> one. You can get it for 45 bucks per ticket, which I think is reasonable. Yes. Yeah. They I, could. Yeah. But if I mean, if strategically, if I was Notre Dame, if they wanted to have like a, a, a revenue neutral solution to this, I would basically take the Clemson game or the Georgia State game or the Texas or Michigan game. You could almost increase tickets by fifty percent of that to that, and then I would make Navy and Boston College almost like universally forty five dollars or fifty dollars. Yes, yes. Um, I would not have any tickets over sixty five bucks. And then, you know, the $45 ones could be $25, but you're making that up with the high-end games, which they have absolutely no problem selling out immediately. Florida State was $200 last year. Yeah. Now, USC was soft this year. Yeah. Um, but it was still, like, when Clemson comes in November, 
nobody's going to be like, well, see, November games, you could sell those out. Well, you're selling out because it's Clemson. Well, Clemson was going to And that will too. be a high market game. Like, that's going to be $200, $300 ticket. And I have a sneaky suspicion Clemson's going to be good next year. All right, guys, <laughs> predictions. Uh, I think this is, John Walters tweeted this out, um, that Navy is your annual trip to the dentist. And when you get there, they know if you've been flossing or not. <laughs> I, John Walters, uh, Notre Dame class of uh, 88. Yeah. 88. I think Notre Dame has been flossing, but not every day. And it will be, I think 28-24 Notre Dame wins, yes. but it's going to be really just, it's going to be painful to watch for if you're a Notre Dame fan. I'm going to uh, bring back Irish Gambler, who we decided not to ask his question. Oh, Tim, I'm sorry. No, this illustrates my answer. That's why we did it. Okay. In general, good Notre Dame teams be good Navy teams. Check. I trust Clark Lee's ability to scheme against a really solid Navy team. Check. Agree or disagree? Agree. And I want to throw one more thing for you. You know what the number 800 means? As it relates to Notre Dame Navy this Saturday? Yes. I do not. Career snaps by Notre Dame defenders against Navy that are playing in this game. Oh. 800 career snaps for Notre Dame's defenders against this against Navy in this game. That doesn't even include Kyle Hamilton, who will do a good job. Well, and second year that Clark Lee's coordinated against it. Third year that Clark Lee's been involved in coordinating Third year against that Clark Lee it. has been involved in coordinating against it for a year. Right. Because they plan for more than yeah. one week. I... If, if someone's going to beat Notre Dame this year, I am now I am convinced it's Navy because it's just a a good offense. It's a great offense and a game defense. I'm not going to give too much more than that because they don't play the level of Notre Dame enough. But 800 snaps, man. They Notre Dame with Clark Lee should be able to hold them to four touchdowns or less. And I'm doing 31-24 Notre Dame. And if I have to pick against the spread, you, like say the spread seven, that'll do thirty twenty four Notre Dame. Like I think Navy will cover if we're not okay. trying to do the fake push. So the decide like because you were you 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 didn't you beg that not to let you change your mind. Eight hundred snaps by okay. these guys. Okay, all right. Man. So I that mean, uh, that's yeah, my that, point. Yeah. That that's what has changed your mind. Think about that. I mean, Jalen Elliott and Alohi Gilman only has sixty of them. He knows it better than anybody. It's, you should. It is these guys have played. Against Navy so much, and that even even if it's Dante Vaughn, it should not be Dante Vaughn. By the way, it should be Sean Crawford. But even Dante Vaughn has sixty-five career snaps against Navy. It's just it's amazing how ready these guys should be. And Clark Lee is the difference there because Clark Lee will be ready for this team. You don't know how many snaps, how many of those eight hundred snaps came with Malcolm Perry at quarterback, do you? <laughs> no, but I mean, it's none. No, <laughs> yeah. no, I, no, yeah, I get. Yeah. I mean, I, it's still in in theory and principle. I get exactly what you're saying. I just think he's really. Oh yeah, no, it's, I, gonna, it's going to be. It, I, there are going to be moments where I think Nordic fans are shocked at just how adept he is at running the triple option and how his ability to accelerate and then make people miss. I wrote it in the the uh, film review. He is the defenders are on his previous move at all times. He's already on to his next while they're still reacting to his previous one, and that makes it very difficult to... That's why I think, I, oh, you know, no. to me... That, we're, with, we're both of us are not thinking the rings rolling over this thing over here, Pete and I. It's just... Yeah. It's Clark, Clark Lee does a lot for me in this one. I trust him to make the adjustments he's going to have to make because Navy's coming with something from 2009. Maybe Pete's here that yeah. they haven't seen since then, and he can handle it. So I was going to say that I'm not going to steal your thunder and pick Navy, but... Because you're going to pick Navy. And so now this opens up the possibility of me doing that Friday when I put out the preview. It's like a teaser. 
they call that. Oh, God, it's going to be a sleepless night for me <laughs> at the, the Priester home. <laughs> hey, Tim and I will be back uh, for our pregame talk at Notre Dame Stadium on Saturday when number 16, Notre Dame, takes on number 23, Navy. Thanks for joining us. Indiana Dunes Tourism, located between Chicago and South Bend in northwest Indiana, is a proud supporter of Irish Illustrated. Extend your Notre Dame visit with a trip to the nation's newest national park. Visit indianadunes.com. are listening to Irish Illustrated Insider with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. I'm Tim Priester, and we are previewing Notre Dame versus Navy. Notre Dame 6-2, I'm sorry, 7-2, Navy 7-1, both ranked this week. Notre Dame checks in at number 16 and Navy at number 23. And guys, this is, um, we always know the problems that are involved with this matchup. They're a little bit more acute when you know that Navy has a quarterback that is really adept at the triple option. I think Malcolm Perry is about as good as there's been some great ones that have played against Notre Dame, but I think Malcolm Perry ranks right up at the top with them. I mean, Notre Dame has probably, they've beaten better quarterbacks than Malcolm Perry and and lost to worse ones. Um, You mean with other teams? Yeah. No, I'm talking just Navy. (laughs) Worst Navy quarterbacks have beaten Notre Dame, and they have beaten better ones than Malcolm Perry. Malcolm Perry is a good one. uh, Keenan Reynolds. Keenan Reynolds Reynolds would be one. Um, You know, I thought Dobbs was really good. Um, Lost to him twice. Yeah. (laughs) There's, uh, you know, Will Worth. He beat Notre Dame. Was not good. Um, Well, he was good, but he just got like this. I I can't remember. Who who started in 2010? I thought Dobbs was hurt in 2010. Dobbs beat him twice. Maybe it was 2020. Trust me. There's an opus in front of me about the Navy series. Um, (laughs) You know, it's... Perry's good. Um, if you have a good quarterback, you're in danger of losing to Navy. Um, Navy has a good quarterback, so Notre Dame is in danger of losing to Navy this weekend. Yeah, there's a whole segment in a, in a feature I wrote uh, that went up today, Brian Kelly's Nine Seasons of Navy. It's literally one small segment. Does Navy have a dynamic quarterback? If the answer is yes, it's a Navy win or, more likely, very close game. If the answer is no, Notre Dame kills them. Now, in fairness, when well, they don't have a dynamic quarterback, it has coincided with times where they also did not have a very good team. But the only time, the only outlier in this whole thing was in 2017. I don't know how you feel about Zach Abbey. Remember Zach Abbey? He kind of moved from fullback yeah. to quarterback. Notre Dame needed Kevin Stefferson to score two touchdowns in the second half to come back and win that game, and they were a really good Notre Dame team. But I do think that's a lot of that was the circumstance of it followed Miami, and it was senior day and raining. Right. No one cared anymore, and it was really a rough situation. But they have a good quarterback. It's, it's going to be a good game. That's what it comes down to, and Navy also – for probably only the third time in Kelly's tenure, has a good defense, too. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's two, it's two really. This is one of Navy's better teams. Now, they've turned it around this year from 3-10, and 10, the way Notre Dame turned it around from 4-8 and eight in, in 2016. I think Malcolm Perry, in terms of acceleration and elusiveness, is a great, great Navy quarterback. I, I Having watched a ton of him this week, I, I can't believe how difficult he is to corral. They list him at 5'9", 190, which is a which is laughable because he's yeah, he looks small. Man. He's not he's not bigger than he's not bigger than five eight. You know, guessing weight can be a little bit difficult. But I, if he's one seventy five, I'm I'm surprised. So he's little. You can bounce him around, but he's tough, and I think he presents a lot of problems. And then the flip side is that 
Defensively, Navy has a new defensive coordinator in Brian Newberry. He's taken a more modern-day uh, approach to, to defensive football in terms of attacking the line of scrimmage, whereas Navy, I think, was always kind of on its heels just trying to hold on defensively. They're not taking that approach. That's worked well for them against basically poor competition up to this point. I think Notre Dame has a good chance to win the game because I think you can use that aggressiveness against them. I mean, what they're doing defensively, they've, they've improved 100 spots in some defensive categories, which is wild. Um, so it's, you know, they're aggressive. Are they, is Notre Dame going to use that aggressiveness against them? Yeah, but if that includes a pick six somewhere, then yeah. that's a win for Navy. You better, you, better uh, you know, we always talk about maximizing possessions. You better, you better be efficient, and you better do it efficiently. Ian Book better build upon what he did last week. The timing is is really good because your offense has to be as efficient as possible because we're looking at nine's kind of the working number with, yeah, with possessions. 9.4 is the average, but it's a little misleading. Um, when Notre Dame kills them, it's 11 or 12. When Notre Dame doesn't, these are the possessions of the closest games and losses. Nine, but it was really eight because Notre Dame lost a possession at the end of the half. That doesn't count. You know, you have 15 seconds. Yeah. Uh, seven. Because of two of those situations, that was the 2013 game that the Jameer, uh, not Jameer, Jalen Smith saved. The reverse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, six, the one they lost famously, of course, that's the extreme. And then the game I talked about on senior day where it was eight possessions and one of those was ending the game with a kneel down, which is the way to have a possession if you want to <laughs> beat the victorious team. But those are those are the closest games where Notre Dame really could have lost or lost. Um, it's interesting what you guys said about comparing the quarterbacks, because I think the one thing that Dobbs and Reynolds did, in addition to being fast, is they were they ran through some arm tackles, too. And at least, Perry's hard to corral, but at least you can you can, yeah. you can knock Perry back. Like, yes. Dobbs was that guy that was getting blades of grass when you're hitting with the defensive mm-hmm. lineman, and that makes a big difference for a fullback, late, a fullback-driven and then, offense. And then a guy like Will Worth, who was a, was yeah, a power, all, all a power guy. He also got the broken, weak, mentally and physically Notre Dame team to run yeah. over. No, no doubt, no doubt. Um... You know, I keep I keep coming back to Navy's defense just because this week is so much of a focus on the other side of the ball. Um, and I, you know, I, I think I joked about it at the end of the podcast the other day that Tim and I are in the press box before the Duke game, and I'm looking at Navy film. I'm like, man, these safeties are these safeties are bad. They're, they're 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 vulnerable, and they are. I don't think that that has changed now that I've watched watched them all week. But they're good. I mean, they are good. They will take chances, which is all part of the Newberry um, philosophy defensively. They will take chances, and I saw them get beat. For example, Brennan, the kid opposite Fockman, I think Fockman is probably the, the better of the two. He's the bigger of the two. He gave up, a, or he was involved in a 98-yard touchdown by, I think it was against Tulsa. It was nullified because the guy had step out of, stepped out of bounds on his own. Mm. You know, during the route, which had nothing to do with whether Brennan was going to break up the play or not. Uh, so, I mean, that's an example where they can, you can beat them with a big play, which is why Ian Book being sharp and building upon next week is very important to Notre Dame this weekend. Yeah, I, I certainly would love to see Chase Claypool have 150 yards receiving this game, but more than that, I would like to see Tony Jones and Jafar Armstrong combined for 175. Yeah, I That's, don't think they will. I don't. I'm not. We do have a question on that in segment two, and I'm doubting that as well. I, I, I now, think Chase Claypool could have a heck of a day. 
Because if if you're gonna if they're gonna try to take Claypool away, then Cole Komet should have a field day. Because you well, can't. They, they, bo- they can't both. Take they away. both should. Well, they, they can take one away. You know, you can kind of take one guy away there with a little over. Because the, look, they're not hitting Claypool on, on on millions of slants and digs. It is a lot of jumping up and mm-hmm. beating coverage. So Ian Book's not gonna throw the ball to double coverage if they want to. Here's take what away. I, I don't want to see: 2009 when Flo- <laughs> Floyd and Tate combined for 19 catches for 273 yards and two touchdowns. However. Theo Riddick and Robert Hughes combined for 12 carries for 55 yards. You know what they have the next year? 90 yards. A new coach happened the next year. Yeah, no, they are. Uh, it's you, The formula is out there, man, and Navy's got all the pieces for the formula. Well, they have to run more than, than that 55 yards, Pete. I, I, I would think, again, I'm thinking that. <laughs> they don't really lose by double digits. <laughs> no, Armstrong. No, that's not going to be that yeah. kind of game. Armstrong and Jones, just because of the nature of how they're used and the way Armstrong, remember, had the big. Pass play last year. I think you know some of their yardage or most of their yardage may come um, in in the passing game. But um, the unit I trust least is Notre Dame's inefficient offense in this game. That's it's a it would be a really bad time to have an inefficient offense. Yeah, just twenty nine. But it's just it's the it's the Monday the, 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 Monday, like the Monday question <laughs> of like why don't they pass them to death? I don't. Well, Clawson was thirty seven of fifty one for four fifty two. But and la- they lost. But last year, book was twenty-seven of thirty-three for three hundred and thirty or something yeah. around there. I could see him needing to be better than that. Like, and it's snowing, or there's snow on the ground at South Bend, so I don't know if he. It's possible. To, like, these are not San Diego conditions. There's a lot of bad. There's a lot of bad elements to this game for Notre Dame. But number one, I, I going the other way. Clark Lee, I do trust for his second year against the option. Um, Navy has an extra week, and that might be the only time. Notre Dame's 5-0 and against their bi-week opponents, but this might be the wrong team to give the bye to to prepare because they can... Niamatololo can pull yeah, something the, from 2009, the, and then you're not going to yeah. know what the heck's going on. That's the last thing that Navy needs is an extra yeah. week. Yeah, they have four Notre buys Day. this year. The Navy has four buys this year. Yeah, but, but the, the Army thing always stretches yeah. it out a little bit further. The, um, it, they're great in the red zone. They're, what, I think it's 29 trips, 26 touchdowns for Navy. They stop teams from scoring touchdowns in the red zone. It's 50%, 11 for 22. They're great on third and fourth down. They're 15 of 18 on fourth down. And there's two things I want to say about that. That's about half as many as some of the top teams are going for, which means they don't need fourth down all year like they normally do. No, that's a good point. But they're also 50% on third down. Yeah. You know, now, now let's... Number nope. one nationally in red zone touchdown percentage. Yeah, and and as I said, they cut, they cut it in half for you. I mean, yeah. if you're not scoring touchdowns, yeah. that's the worst case... Pete mentioned the pick six. Driving down and kicking a field goal. Like, field goal better go in. Right? You just wasted six minutes. <laughs> there's, there's elements right. to this game. And we should remind everybody that Navy's schedule has been pretty bad up to this point. I mean, Memphis is good. And they were winning 20-7. to They gave up a long kick return, a long run, and ended up being outscored 28-3 to down the stretch and lost that game to Memphis at Memphis 35-23. to Tulane has a very good offense. I, I've seen that. And um, Navy's freshman kicker kicked a 48-yarder as time expired mm-hmm. to win that game 41-38. to Navy was also winning that game by a whole bunch. But other than that, Holy Cross, East Carolina, which does some good things offensively, but East Carolina is under 500. They defeated Air Force by seven. Tulsa's terrible. They killed them. South Florida's mm-hmm. terrible. They killed them. Uh, you know, and then and UConn's terrible, and they, they killed them as well. So... There was a question on our board I found interesting about taking the – this is the only time it matters, if you want to accept the ball or not. Like, Navy is the time you have to figure out how we're going to do this. 
four times in this series, the game has swung or really gotten out of hand because a team got the ball to end the first half and begin the second. And the one is that I think we always forget about that was close. 2014, Notre Dame was killing Navy. It was 28-10. to 10. End of the half, Navy scores. They get the ball back because they deferred. Scored again. It's 28-24. And scored again. <coughs> and we're ahead of Notre Dame in the fourth quarter in that game. Notre Dame won by 10, 49-39. Yeah, I mean, that would, if Drew White breaks his ankle, or like Alois Gilman yeah. breaks his ankle in that game, then I'm not sure how much the, the half dynamics will matter. But that's, you know, point well taken. That you can You can have a different type of control over the game if you play the halves correctly than you would in normal circumstances for sure. I don't just to get back to your weather reference, I don't think that's going to be a factor. It's going to be in a just cold like thirties, very little wind, mm-hmm. no very ten uh, percent chance of rain. Um, so I don't know that that's necessarily a factor. You don't think Navy's going to cave into the weather conditions? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I don't think uh no, I don't think they'll happen. So I I mean I think it'll be fine. It was kind of like Man, when we were on the field before the Duke game, the weather was it was just perfect. There was no wind. It was cold. I mean, it was crisp. It was just perfect football weather, and I kind of suspect that that's kind of what you know we're going to be facing here. Only we weren't in, we won't be in uh, Central North Carolina. The point spread's interesting. Notre Dame has been favored by a touchdown twice. This is the third time they lost those other two, and it mm-hmm. opened it. It opened at eleven or yeah, ten or ten and a half, right around there. The other ones. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't see this game as anything other than close. I, I've I've seen some some predictions where Notre Dame's beating them by three touchdowns. I, I just don't think that's happening this game. The real reason that's hard is you can't stay ahead by you could be ahead by four touchdowns. You take out your subs and they score in ten seconds because mm-hmm. your backups can't defend. That's what Navy. happened last yeah, year? Exactly, you can't defend Navy with your backup. So the yeah. three touchdown thing is a really bad idea because you got to be up by like six. Last thing in this segment, Tim, we're, uh, you have a story this morning about the, the nine games that Brian Kelly's played. We've, I know you've hit on a couple of them here. Anything else from that you want to I mean, touch? I think it's the possessions. Well, it's, if you're in an 8-9 possession game with Navy, it's gonna, it's, they're going to score three touchdowns, and you, so you better have five to be comfortable. That it really just comes down to making the most of those possessions. But separate from that story, it is a difficult game, I think, for Chip Long to call. Because you look at things, and it should all work. You should be able to run the ball if you decide we are going to run the ball on Navy. You should be able to focus on Claypool and Komet if you think we are going to use our athletes to beat Navy. But it doesn't usually work out like that when Navy has a decent defense. It's, I think it's going to take some discipline to stick with his game plan, whatever that game plan is. I think if you have an accurate quarterback, it works out. Um, they didn't two years ago. And, I mean, that was probably the worst yeah. half of football we ever saw Brandon Wimbush play. Yeah, um, he scored at the end of the half. By the way, to tie yeah. that game for their first touchdown, right. um, that was that was bad. I don't. I wouldn't expect a similar performance from Ian Book. I think if no. you can sort of run a, a game plan and stick with it, if your quarterback can hit Komet for five, Fink for seven, Claypool for twelve, you know Jafar Armstrong for eight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pretty much every time Jafar Armstrong catches a football, it's a it's a head of the chains game uh, game, and where it's you know it's you know, it's sort of a, an extension of the running game that actually applies. Um, so that's that's probably how they're going to have to do it. Is there a fine for saying that on our podcast? No. Yeah. <laughs> I think there are some instances. We need a fine. There are some instances where the pat where the passing game is an extension. Well, last of the year Ian Buck was yeah. a walking yeah. extension. Now I think game. now yeah. I think th- this is a game where you know there's always a debate about 
there's probably way too much debate about whether you take the opening kickoff or it. it I'm it, a, I am. A, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm at a complete loss. Why that's even a, a conversation. Yeah, that's why. I mean, it's I the think flipping. It's the getting the two possession thing. Is what comes. It just comes down to I, it a lot more than. Yeah, I'm just at a, I don't understand why that's a thing. It's not like if you take the ball, then you don't get it for the next two halves. Right, no, it, right. It, it, it evens out. I would think I would like to see a stat on how that breaks down. I I, at the end of <laughs> check, I no, I mean, no, oh, no, <laughs> oh, overall, college football, oh no, I yeah. just said maybe in a possession game, it yes. matters more than if you're going to get 14 possessions. So you think? So I, I'm sorry, Clearly. I didn't see the end of the. Uh, so, well, okay, just on the surface, I would say it would be better than Notre Dame takes this opening kickoff and gets ahead. Yeah. It is better to get the balls, and they usually go down and score on Navy. Now, I Provide, mean, provided that they can, of course, do that. But now, you don't. If you just you know. shortest memory in the world, they took the ball last year and had one possession. Miles Boykin fumbled on the first play of the game. Yeah, it was kind of an ominous start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drew Tranquil's <laughs> ankle explodes. Right. Like, but uh, yeah, you, you. I mean, you want to get ahead. The key. The, the problem is, you just have to avoid that Navy scoring last at the end of the half because you don't get that is giving away a possession. You know, it's. I mean, the Patriots have made a living on that scoring a field goal at the end of the half and scoring a touchdown to open the second half, but. If you really, for instance, the Navy took the ball, and I think Nordy was really happy about it because they had the good defense in 2015, and they went right down and scored. But the key to that, as Pete said, is that, look, Notre Dame went down and scored, and Notre Dame pulled a Navy. They got the Justin Yoon field goal, the longest in stadium history, mm-hmm. and got the ball in the second half and scored. And it went from 21-21 to 31-21 Notre Dame, and they never looked back. It's that possession doesn't matter unless the double, unless the flipping halftime possession, you score twice. Then it's then it's a killer for the other team, which. Is the case in most games, obviously. All right, we'll be back. Segment two, burning up the boards.